0: You had texted me earlier saying that there was a tornado watch in your mm-hmm. area. I take it since I'm seeing you right now that you are safe and there I was survived. no tornado.
1: There was no tornado. Nice.
0: <laughs> nice. You survived the tornado warning of 2021 in Jacksonville.
1: Yes. Nice. I think it's really uh, rare that a tornado hits in places that are surrounded by so much water. So that's why I'm, I never really stress it.
0: I know you don't have... Right, you don't have cable, right? You have... Anything that you do is like streaming, right? You do have cable anymore?
1: I don't have cable, but my parents have cable. And anytime there's something specialized that I want to watch, I use their login to download the like the streaming app version.
0: Okay. Uh, the only reason why I bring that up is because um, still in 2021, there's still these emergency notification things that come onto uh, your, your, your screen. And it's the blaring like, you know... 1920s like car horn sound and then you know the automated voice that reads it that gets every town possible wrong the way it pronounces it uh i just like there's got to be a better way right like there's got to be a a more i mean granted it i guess it does its job by getting your attention but it's really alarming and annoying
1: it is it's overly alarming especially because a lot of times it's not even your county like they have to make the announcement for the greater area and then you're like, you're listening and you're reading the list and you're like, is mine there? Is mine there? Is mine there? And most of the time it's not for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. It's nowhere near, like it's nowhere near you half the time, which is, which is uh, like, it kind of defeats the purpose of the way our phones work, which is like, if it's coming or if it's in your vicinity, like it'll tell you like, okay, this is, this is where you are. Mm-hmm. TVs, it's like a scattershot point basically.
1: My bigger beef with weather announcements are the ones that are issued from the National Weather Service, for some reason, are in all capital letters. It's really hard to read, and I think that Alexa, who we've had on the podcast before, would have a big problem with the all capsness, um, because ever since we had her (laughs) on, uh, on the show, I've really paid attention to situations where people use all caps and not all caps. And for anyone who didn't catch that episode, Alexa specializes in social accessibility and she taught me a new term which is camel case which I should know because I'm a graphic designer but uh, which is basically like uppercase and lowercase so instead of writing these announcements in all capital letters you would write it like a regular sentence so that Anyone who um, needs to have these announcements read to them, if they have a vision impairment, they'll actually be read in like a normal voice instead of. I don't. I don't know if if those types of announcements Screaming. are screamed yeah. or or what, but they yeah, can't the be cats good. Lock.
0: No, no, it
1: definitely can't
0: for, for both people with disabilities and non-disabled yes. people. It's just very off, <laughs> off-putting. I've noticed lately too, living in, in the Northeast with all these snowstorms, we have like our local TV meteorologists kind of doing, you know, tracking the storm, as they say. And I've noticed that like, and you probably have seen this too with like, you know, hurricanes and, and you know, big things down by you. The local meteorologists, you could tell the severity of the storm by how high the sleeve is rolled up <laughs> on the arm this is
1: a real thing are you I making this, this is, up or this is I just think your observation is,
0: well <laughs> it's an observation but we're going to call it a fact okay it's 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 when like i always feel like the bigger the storm the higher the sleeve roll up the arm is right like you know like if it was like a basic you know tropical storm or something like that maybe like two folds but like if we're talking like look out like you know batting down the hatches kind of thing like they're definitely up at like elbow level as a matter of fact we had a snowstorm roll through here about 2 weeks ago and Rachel said oh, I'm going to flip on the weather to see the 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 accumulations and the two meteorologists at our station were tracking it in the moment. And the only question I said was it wasn't how many inches. It wasn't like when is it coming? It was how high are the sleeves rolled up. How many inches are the sleeves rolled? Yeah. Yeah. There's an <laughs> equation, I'm sure, somewhere there that they know. But yes, that's just my, my observation that I believe is more of a a weather underground like this like a code between meteorologists.
1: Hmm. I'll have to pay attention to that. I mean, I don't feel like I can't even remember the last time I've watched a weather report, like on TV. I guess the last time we had a hurricane was the last time I did that. And all I remember is when we had when we were still living in Connecticut, we had a pretty bad hurricane. And our neighbors who used to live behind us both worked uh, in news. And they told us when you see Jim, it's Jim Cantor, I think his name is Jim
0: Cantori. Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. So when when you see him and he shows up in your town, that's when you know it's it's bad. Get the heck out of yeah. Your town. Yep. Yeah. That's the signal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jim Cantore shows up in your town. Get the f out of your town.
1: So that's the it's wisdom that I brought with me to Florida.
0: Nice. Have <laughs> you seen Jim Cantore in your town? In oh
1: yeah, yeah. There's some good footage if you if you Google wow. him in in Jacks Beach. There's some um, good footage of him. Wow. With the pier coming down. Yeah. Our our pier is still not recovered from not i don't think it's from the last hurricane but the one before that but we didn't have one last year believe it or not wow of all things of all things yeah
0: yeah your peer has disappeared yes and hopefully one day it reappears (laughs) i hope so so you can peer from the pier at things (laughs) on the horizon i can keep going if you'd like
1: please don't (laughs) hi i'm michelle
0: and I'm Steve, and this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. I ventured back onto Twitter today.
1: You did? What's happening? I never uh, told wh- you about what I had to, I was supposed to tell you this last time, but I don't, I'll tell you after. Oh, yeah. That.
0: And I have feedback on our show. Um, what did you have to share?
1: I had to share that I started taking intentional breaks from social media. You probably know what this is because I started doing it in, I think, November or December. But on Saturday mornings, I started doing my little Saturday morning coffee and just posting things that had inspired me throughout the week. So I made it more of an official thing and I gave it a name and have been making them a little bit more curated and just talking about how, talking about my week a little bit and how it influenced the imagery that I've been drawn to and how it's inspiring me. Anyway, so I've been continuing with that. But after I've been posting on Saturday mornings, I've been signing off and have not been going back on social until Mondays. And the first week, I you know went back in like Monday morning. But then the second week, I kind of like didn't feel like I was missing anything. So I just didn't go back on until Monday night and kind of same thing today. Um, and then I started just kind of like layering on that and realizing that how much more time I had to work on the things that I wanted to work on. I always feel like I don't mm-hmm. have enough time to, to write or just to read or do whatever. So then I said, all right, what if I st- also stop looking at social first thing in the morning. Just get up and start getting ready and get on with your day. And then the last thing that I added was trying not to look at my phone while I'm watching something. My hand just reaches.
0: I don't think you're alone, but you think about how crazy that is because I grew up with this like, you know, with 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 parents who were very much like, you can't watch T V all day. Get mm-hmm. out and go oh, do yeah, something. Same. You can't and now you feel like it's a win when <laughs> you're limiting you what it is to one device. You're just like, well, I'm only looking at one. So this is all right. Like we've really gotten loose and fast with that rule.
1: <laughs> I just don't want to be sitting on social media because I'm bored. Like I want if I'm going on, I want it to be more intentional. I just don't want it to be like a time suck. And so far it's just been Awesome. It's the same thing that I've always said when I've when I've just stepped away, even for a couple hours and I come back and I'm like, nothing happened. I'm not missing. I think I'm like afraid I'm going to miss some kind of entertainment. And I'm, I'm just not. But I think it's, you know, people take their social breaks for different reasons. And I know that yours is different than mine, but mine that like really the driver was I want to create more things and I'm just wasting hours doing nothing. So, yeah. I got that that's time
0: awesome. back. It's good to get that time back. It's good to feel like you actually have, like you're in control. You know, a long time ago, I remember reading about how, like, that's the most, and it's still true to the to today, but it's the most uh, valuable commodity that we have is our time. And it's the one thing that we are the most, like, in many ways, protective over, even though we have a tendency to waste it. It's like if someone else is wasting it, we get very defensive. Like, when you think about even just how we consume content today 10 years ago it was you know there were there was you know dbr and prior to that it was you can watch it when it's on like we've talked about this a little bit on the the podcast but now it's like nope i can stream it i can watch it when i want to watch it i can binge it when i you know you're very protective of of your time so i think any any opportunity that we have to take some of that back i think that's a very freeing thing
1: yeah I, i feel like it it has extended into other areas of me also putting my phone on silent or just putting my phone away when I I decide that I want to work on a project. I treat it like a hobby, even though I'm supposed to be a professional. But ever since I started this new social habit, I've been just putting boundaries up everywhere, healthy ones, and saying, you know, no, this is important to me, and I'm going to make the time for it. And it doesn't matter if someone needs something from me right now like i have decided that this is the most important thing at the moment
0: one thing that i've been thinking about a lot with this hiatus that i'm on from social is that so often you hear that the way we get away a lot in our heads is social and you know you've heard gary Vaynerchuk say you know it's really no different than 25 years ago, 30 years ago with people reading a newspaper, you know, it's, it's, it's your form of release and that's fine because on the surface that makes a lot of sense, right? You, You know, you're, you're, you're killing time or you're distracting yourself through your phone. It's no different than killing time and reading a newspaper. But what we're missing, I think, is the evolution and the iterations that have kind of come over the years. So like it might've started with a newspaper and then it might've kind of segued into television and then it might have segued into the internet and then it might have segued into smartphones but like it's a this might not not necessarily be the best parallel but it's like a drug where you're like well taking this drug is no different than taking that drug yeah but if that drug if this drug is stronger than the one you started with and you're just progressively using and getting stronger drugs then it's not the same and if anything it might be more detrimental to you and your health so i often wonder when we when we look at our phones and and using it as distractions and saying oh it's no different than when we used to be on on aol and whatever it is is it really because i might say it's not i might say it's far worse and and it's just the latest iteration and who knows what the next iteration is going to be but if it continues down this pattern it might be really detrimental to us.
1: I do feel like that's a great parallel because I, we could argue that AOL or the internet or instant messenger was was the gateway and like not a big deal okay you go on and communicate. But when thinking about something like TikTok, Instagram stories, IGTV, Instagram live, all of those video things you're now you're really letting people into your lives especially the live streaming and I don't know I feel like it's it's crossing a line I mean I know that we're we're all used to it and we all think it's normal and I do think there are you know positive things that have come out of it but I I agree with it, it kind of being like a drug and if you were ever having, I don't know the right term to use here, I don't want to say like mental problems or like emotional problems, but I think a lot of people, even when we were younger, experienced issues with communicating online. And this is like, this is really fresh in my head because I just watched the documentary over the weekend and it was really more of like a a murder type of documentary but it's fun (laughs) I know really great for Valentine's Day weekend but it really at the heart of it stemmed from this girl having I'm not qualified to speak about this I don't know if it's considered to be a mental illness but she was bipolar and so much of the documentary talked about her communicating with people on Tumblr and I'm not saying that that is the thing that led to her death but there was definitely a connection there All of this to say, I think that there's a lot of unhealthiness that is happening on social media right now. And I think that it's been introduced to us so gradually that most of us don't even see where there could be a problem because it has just become so normalized. Like it is now normal to to turn on a camera and let the world see you wherever you are. And no one like Bats an eye.
0: I think one of the benefits of not not being on there for me has been about being able to think more clearly for myself and not be influenced by other things. And, you know, I I wonder if that's something that like in this society that we live in where, you know, you're either this or you're that. And a lot of times the thinking can get done for you based on what you're hearing because of this, you know, these feedback circles and 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 this this, you know, echo chamber that exists. I think what it allows you to do is kind of free your mind up a little bit. I'm wondering have you have you felt that a little bit on on these on these weekend binges?
1: I think for me it has been less about being influenced by people's opinions, which I'm not saying doesn't happen. It definitely happens for me. But you definitely know this about me. I am hyper inspired. I don't know if that's a term, but that is how I would describe myself. If I now. if I watch something or see something, my initial reaction is, hey, I can do that. <laughs> like, I want to do that. I want to try that. You know, if it has anything to do with anything creative. So Instagram, which is, you know, my hardest drug of choice. It's just an entire feed of inspiration, especially considering you know who I am and who I follow. I follow so many great creative people who are constantly coming up with new ideas and trying new things. So when you mentioned the groupthink and seeing what everyone else is doing, anytime I log on to Instagram, it's just idea after idea after idea. And I just came to realize that ideas are great, but I wasn't giving myself the space to execute them. So yes, I have experienced that, but in a little bit of a different way. So we started something new. I'm usually going to you with ideas. So I think I was so excited that I barely listened to what you said. And I was like, you know what? Sure, let's do it
0: could have said anything right there at that point in time couldn't i have michelle and i grew up in the 90s and we've noticed i think over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood we were a tv generation so we remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood and i thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them we don't really watch commercials anymore in in this day and age. You know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over. Funny commercials or, or commercials at memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this this commercial breakdown show gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and, you know, relive a few of these moments with, with all of you and, you know, reflect fondly
1: on them. So if you get a chance go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for Commercial Breakdown, which is the name of our show. I time this, it takes literally four seconds of your time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that thumbs up button. If you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that, that we're showcasing, certainly anywhere where you can share it, we would really appreciate it. This is somewhat related to this, but it was just making me think of how even the most innocent things we can be influenced by. I use the platform Goodreads for tracking which books I, I read and books that I want to read and I often will post small book reviews after I finish reading them. And Sometimes, this actually just happened last month, I read this book. I absolutely loved it. It really, I really connected with it. I was able to understand that this, that I really liked this book, but this wasn't like a book that like everyone would like. It's definitely not one that I would recommend to everyone, but I went to go write my review and as I started to write it, I started reading other people's reviews, which many of them were not very favorable. And it made me second guess whether or not I should have liked this book. I was like, (laughs) oh, I didn't think about that. Maybe I didn't like it. But I, I hated that feeling. I hated that just someone else saying that they didn't like something was taking away from my enjoyment of something that I purely enjoyed.
0: Well, and it's someone you don't know too. Like that's the thing that I think today makes me kind of laugh because, like, I mean, can you imagine walking down the street and like somebody just saying to you, "Hey, have you read?" And you're just like, "Get the hell out of here!" Like, hey, don't talk to me. Like, but you know, you could be on this, you know, on on Goodreads, and you know that can seriously influence how you what, what you what you read next, what you choose not to read next. And again, it's just it's it's kind of the power of where we are in our world right now that. I used to really believe that that the tr- trust in people over institutions has never been higher and I think it's gotten worse or better depending upon how you stand on that issue specifically over the you know if you look at our country you know but if you uh, over the last you know couple of years but I think the downside of it is we're so hung up, I think, on on recommendations and on reviews and what it means for our purchasing power and what it means for this, that you're allowing other people to really do the thinking for you. And I, I don't necessarily I'm not this isn't about being political. This is just about like how we approach our, our lives now. And, you know, that's kind of concerning. I, I, I think it's, you know, and I, and I think social has driven a lot of that. Sometimes it can be for the good. But it's not always that way. And, you know, you wonder about Yelp and all these types of sites that kind of, you know, build themselves on on strangers recommendations and how it influences what you want to do. You know, the big part about that that's missing is, is that you don't know who that person is. You don't know what you know, what uh, you know, what their values are. You don't know what their what their tastes are. You just know what they're looking at in that moment. And that's a really close minded way of looking at something.
1: I think that ratings and reviews should be handled differently like universally across everything because I feel like if I watch a movie or I read a book or I watch a show I can say this was a great piece of art and I can also say in that same sentence I didn't like it or just like this book that I read I can say I thoroughly enjoyed this this was such a great rating experience. But it's not for everyone and I wouldn't recommend it. So I don't feel like it's fair when you go to rate a movie that it's like you give it five stars because there's like so much that you have to take into consideration and your opinion of something is going to be different from someone else's. It's not fair to the creators, I think.
0: Well, I think that's the part that that we overlook. You know, we're looking at these things as almost as currency and really it's it's a meal it's a book, it's a movie, it's a song it's a it's it's up for interpretation it's not up for blindly following someone else's okay, you like this book okay, I'm gonna like it too. No, I don't know if it necessarily if it, if it really goes that way and I would agree with you I think there's got to be a better way to, and I'm, I, don't know, I don't know what that is, but I think there's got to be a better way to do ratings and reviews too, because I think too much of the thinking and too much of the deciding is done for people. And it also often feels like it's like a coin toss. You know, like you go through these things and if you read it, like even if it's product reviews, you go through these things and you read 20 of them, 10 of them are all four and 10 of them tell you it's the worst experience they ever had. And you're like, well, what's it going to be for me? Like you don't really know. And I think that's the that's the hard part is is you're making decisions on something based on other people's sways and you're not necessarily allowing yourself to kind of you know if we're talking about something that's more of a of a general entertainment piece you're not allowing yourself to get swept up in it and come to a determination on your own based on what your feelings are going into it
1: yeah i mean it could be as simple as that person was having a bad day or they're you know going through something right now and their anger is coming through in that review, or something as innocent as I, I just saw this in my, in my Goodreads feed. And I'm not saying this is to throw this person under the bus, because I've written similar reviews. Like when I write a review, I explain, oh, it lost a star because of X. And this person said, you know what, I'm giving this four stars instead of five, because this person had very young kids, and my kids are a little bit older, so I couldn't really relate as much to it. And like, when you think about it, you're taking that star away because of you, not because of them and the piece that they wrote. But we do that all the time. That's how we write things.
0: Right. One of my favorite reviews of all time as a sidebar was on Yelp uh, for Ford's Theater in, in Washington, D.C. <laughs>
1: I think you posted yeah. this so, Tell the tell the audience. It was
0: a post by A- a period Lincoln um, It just says got shot here would not recommend <laughs> <laughs> it's still my favorite review of all time if you've enjoyed this episode help us spread the word on social media tag us at pod for creatives and let us know which stood out to you fitting that we're recording on president's day yes. too, because it's yeah isn't Lincoln's birthday next week isn't it like isn't isn't that what happens is it sandwiched around
1: Oh, Washington I yeah, birthday. I thought it may have been yeah. today, but oh, is it? well, oh, I don't yeah. know because I watched a special on Lincoln last night on CNN.
0: Oh, how about that?
1: Yeah, I'm very educated.
0: Yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like really smart guys. <laughs> like
1: Hillary you Hillary. don't even know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can ask me what is the capital, of <laughs> and I would say blah 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 blah.
1: Oh, I hate how how much I actually do relate to so many things that Kelly Kapoor says. Like, I truly do relate to it.
0: I find myself relating a lot to Ryan, if it's any consolation. (laughs) I mean, I'm a Jim guy, but I find myself a lot. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's a lot of Ryan in in me. Yeah. Pushing the issue. Like, he's like Jim, but he's like evil Jim. You know, like, there's things that he does that, like, Jim could get away with. Ryan can't get away with it.
1: Well, I think you also share the quality in sometimes you just don't really care. Jim does a really good job of always being like the nice guy, even when he on the inside or like behind the scenes is doing something outwardly, nobody knows about it. Like he's still the nice guy and Ryan just like doesn't bother with that. And I feel like sometimes you don't bother with that either.
0: That's true. The one thing we have to remember is it's a television show, and if Jim acted the way Jim does in real life, I don't think Jim would get away with a lot of stuff. I, I think there'd be a lot of a lot of shit.
1: There have been... I've read quite a few posts about him where someone will kind of tell the story of, of Jim and Pam, and you're like, but not say it's them. Be like, there's this guy, and he started at a job, and he like broke this couple up, and... Ending with him taking a job without telling his wife, and you're like, "Oh, who is this asshole?" Yeah. And you're like,
0: buying a house without consulting. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That so is so freaking. Yeah. That is
1: his worst offense, in my opinion. Every Such time a guy move. Every time I see that episode, I'm like, why? Like, why would you ever think that this is a good idea? And no, the art studio does not make up for it.
0: I was gonna say if Jimmy, if Jimmy did that, but then raised the garage door, and inside you had like <laughs> no, like the office of your You wouldn't dare. <laughs> He knows two better. He knows better now, yeah.